final episode of the year. <sighs> that happened quickly. Yes. You know what? I agree with you. It's yearly themes time. Yearly themes. I actually made a change in my theme within the short break that we just took. So we were talking wow. before <laughs> and we took a 10 minute break and I looked at it. I was like, let me just change a couple of words. So like we're going right to the wire on this year's theme. I thought I was taking it right to the wire because I had decided on, on my theme quite a long time ago, as I will reveal. And just in the last couple months, I was like, ooh, no, I need to go in a different direction. And I thought that was cutting it close. But <laughs> you're cutting it close as in you made a change five minutes ago. <laughs> so the theme is the same. And, and I okay. came to my idea of my theme a little bit ago too. Uh-huh. But in kind of going over the show notes and re-listening to some of the past episodes, I realized that the way I was talking about my theme was maybe going to be a little more restrictive Mm -hmm. than what a theme should be. Okay. And so that was really good for me to go back over it again, which is why it is very good that we, in each episode, are going to do it again. Kind of restate what a yearly theme is. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's good to kind of have that framing fresh when you're working on one. Because literally watching your theme video again in preparation for this, I was like, oh, I have boxed myself in a little bit too much with this theme. You'll understand a little bit later on in today's episode why. So a yearly theme. Instead of setting New Year's resolutions at the start of every year, because that you will undoubtedly fail mm-hmm. on that, with a yearly theme, you are setting yourself an overall idea of how you want to approach each year. Then this becomes a guide for you in your personal life, your professional life, whatever it might be throughout the next year. So instead of setting yourself a specific goal, set something more broad. So a good example from Gray's theme video, which I'll put in the show notes if you want to watch that. Instead of saying, I want to read 20 books this year, which is a very kind of typical New Year's resolution Mm -hmm. kind of thing, you say 2023 is the year of reading. So if you read 18 books, 19 books, that's a success. Right. Something broad for you to keep in mind, helps you make decisions in your year, because you've always got this kind of like guide that will kind of help pull you through. Yeah. And and the thing that I always like to throw in here, which is me at my maximum hippiness, is you're looking for words that resonate with you mm-hmm. as you think about what your theme should be. You're looking for this difficult to pin down, but what words are you drawn to yep. sort of aspect of resonance. And that that is incredibly vague always as an, as an actionable item, but I do feel like that's an important part of this that it's it's broad and what you are drawn to i think you have actually in that you have perfectly described a thing that happens to me when i'm working on my theme so Mm -hmm. i spoke about this a couple of months ago but what i do when it comes to time for me to think about how i come up with my theme is i create an apple note and i start writing down things that i want to change in my work and personal life or things that I want to continue from the previous year or bring back, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I will just, out for a space of a few weeks, just keep it in mind that if I have a little thought, rather than just having that thought, I write it down, right? And I end up with this long list of things, which I then start to go through. I delete things. I move things around. I start to see where maybe there are some groups of things forming like oh this is related to this and this and this and as i start reading through it when it comes like naming my theme that's where it starts to come from i get start to get these words popping out and then one of them will just hit and i can't get rid of it Mm -hmm. so like this year like my yearly theme i'm 
don't think this is maybe the best word that I could have used for it, but it's the word that I couldn't get out of my head. Right. So it's the one that I'm going with. And so this this process of writing down and reviewing what I'm writing, it helps me kind of like focus in on what is the biggest thing that I can focus on over the next year that might help me try and tackle some of these annoyances in my life. Yeah, and I've actually stolen that from you a little bit this year. Nice. This sort of way that you've talked about it has gotten into my head. And in the past few months, I've done the same thing of kind of noticing when I'm thinking about something and then particularly when I'm kind of feeling a certain emotion and then writing it down and then kind of processing that. And I've totally stolen that from you. And it actually has had a big impact on the sort of change in what I wanted to do for this year. It works for me. I mean, I'm happy that it seems to have worked for you for this one. Because I think, you know, really what we're trying to do here is make our lives better, right? Mm -hmm. That's what this is all about. It's like making our lives better. And so why this part of the like coming up with the theme works for me is I feel like I'm trying because I'm noting all the things that I don't like, the things that I want to change. Yeah. And then I'm using those as like, how do I build something out of this? to try and make this better and maybe make me feel better, make me happier, more productive, whatever it might be. Yeah, like I think of it as you want to make your life better and intrinsically that is connected to changing something about yourself and that is very hard. Mm-hmm. I think pe- people underestimate that this is like a top-tier human experience difficulty thing is changing something about yourself is really hard. And so that's where... I think the resonance is important. It, like, it has to be something that sticks in the back of your mind that then as you churn on can start to connect to a bunch of different aspects in your life in various ways. But yeah, it's really hard to improve yourself. And I think that that difficulty of being able to change something in your life is why something like a fixed goal, like a resolution, is so hard to achieve. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you have to do so much to get to that point mm-hmm. where... This idea that we have of yearly themes is more about just a trend line going mm-hmm. in the right direction. So even if you just do the smallest amount, if you've actually been able to get somewhere towards this year theme that you have for yourself, if you've been able to you know, read three more books this year than you would have otherwise, like you have done it. Yeah, there's something I've been kind of adding in my thoughts to the theme, which is going to come up this year, which is Mm -hmm. the idea of the minimum possible success. Like, what is the tiniest version of what success looks like? And this really came out for me of exercising a few years ago, like... What is the minimum amount of exercise that can possibly happen? And it was literally five minutes in the morning, five days a week was like the bare minimum amount of exercise. And like that was totally life changing, right. being able to do that. And so, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get super fit this year. It's like, OK, hey, 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 if it's a year of fitness, what is the bare minimum of success look like? If you're if you're setting anything that looks like a goal, it's got to be like way low in what you're trying to achieve. And I think that's actually more effective then because even small changes going along with this trend line thing are a really big deal over a long period of time. Because mm-hmm. like ultimately what I'm trying to do here is is trick my brain mm-hmm. in some way. And I find that having a theme tricks my brain in a really good way because mm-hmm. even if everything else around me is on fire, if I can... So, like, we'll use the year of structure, which I'm going to talk about in a bit. That was my last year's theme. 
you know, I wanted to make sure I had more time for myself, right? And even if I was having a terrible week, a terrible day, if I could take 25 minutes to play some video games, I felt like I was doing what I set out for the year, Mm -hmm. which was to give myself some more space. And so, like, doing things like that, it's just... Now, when I play the video games, like, oh, no, this is... I'm not wasting time. This is what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. because this is something that I identified that I wanted from my year. So, like, you, you're able to... If you can really get this and you can get this idea in your mind and you set out with all of the best intention in the world to try and make some kind of, like, change in your life around your yearly theme, every small amount that you put towards it gets you closer to making it a bigger part of your life. And I know from the years past that we've been doing this, I'm still carrying through change that I made then. Yes, yeah. Because there are certain things that stick around and they're just always a part of me. And this is genuinely, some of the biggest change I've made in my adult life is is sticking by this process. And I think it's been incredibly valuable and it's I genuinely believe in it so much which is why we keep doing it, right? Because mm-hmm. we both believe in this. And it is such a great system for brains that work like ours, I suppose. Yeah, and so I hope that for the listeners with this episode, we're going to go through, review how things went, and talk about the themes for the next year. And I hope that this can act as a way for the listener to see and think about like how are other people doing this and to act as like a kicking-off point for how can this work in your life. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to do today. And so let's hear about how did the year of structure go, Mike? Oh, you want me to start, huh? I do want you to start, yes. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, services, even the content that you create, Squarespace has got you covered. If your yearly theme, if your big project for next year needs a web presence, trust me, Squarespace is the place to go. It is so easy to get started. You just choose one of their beautiful best-in-class website templates and customize it to fit your needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of site or business that you want to create to find that perfect starting place which you can then customize with just a few clicks if you want to get blogging they have the best most powerful blogging tools around to share your stories photos videos and updates you can categorize them share them and even schedule your posts to make your content work for you and then if you want to see how things are going you can use squarespace's insights to grow your business to grow your presence online If you want to know where your site visitors are coming from, where your sales are coming from, which channels are most effective for you, you can analyze all of this in Squarespace. Where you have that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. I've been using Squarespace for over 10 years. When I want to put something online, it is the first place I go, and it's the first place you could go. In fact, let me give you the URL you should go to, squarespace.com slash quarter. You can sign up for a free trial there with no credit card required. Then, when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Cortex. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and support this show. That's squarespace.com slash Cortex. And then when you sign up, use the offer code Cortex to get 10% of your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. I'll give my little description. So every year, I have 
the name of my theme, which was the year of structure. I have a short description, a detailed description, and then a set of ideal outcomes. Some of this has found its way into the structure of the journal, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. this is how I ended up doing it. So the year of structure was, I need to have a better structure in place to handle my various responsibilities while also allowing for more unstructured time. I want to make space in my life while also balancing the things I want and need to be working on. Before I started going through this, I had a very similar experience and feeling to how I felt last year. So with last year's theme, when we sat down to do the episode, I was coming in and being like, this is a total failure. I didn't do a good job at all. Uh, blah, mm-hmm. and, and when the more we, me and you went through it together, it was, it was like, actually, you know what? It, it worked out. Like I, I did a good job in the mm-hmm. end, right? And so, and that was the year of reinvention, which was, again, in hindsight, a really big theme. I think that was my biggest issue. It was, it was very big. So when, you know, as I was thinking about how was the year of structure been for me, I was like, oh, this was maybe not great. And just because I felt like I had, I was still struggling with a bunch of new things. You know, coming into 2022, I felt like I'd kind of lost control of the responsibilities that I had in my life. And 2022 itself has not necessarily gotten better in that regard, mm-hmm. because it has been a very tumultuous, again, year for my real FM work. Lots of new things happening, unexpected things happening, uh, new areas of responsibility that I didn't even really think about before, new areas that needed to have more intense focus than they did before. So, you know, coming into the review of this, I was like, I don't really think I did this. Like, I still have this feeling of, of overwhelm in places. But then the more I started digging into it, again, the better I actually felt about it because it took the review for me to realize a lot of the change that I've made. So with the structure of my life, there were four key areas that I wanted to focus on. Sometimes my yearly themes are just focused on work, but this one was much more of a holistic thing. So I wanted to bring more structure to my home, my studio, my family, and my business. And as I was going through all of this, I actually do feel like I have made meaningful progress in each of these areas, but it may have been in some cases just not necessarily what I thought they were going to be. Right. And so like, I feel like I've made success. So the home one, we've moved, <laughs> right? This was the big thing. And I actually think that the the home move has been the big destabilizer in my life over the last <laughs> six months. Let me say as an outside observer of your life, mm. yeah. This <laughs> has been, it's been a hugely destabilizing. Yeah, it's been really, really hard, and 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 it was a lot of horrible work and uncertainty, and and I think that it cast a bit of a shadow over everything. It totally did, yeah. Which is why when I was coming in for this review, I think I was I was looking at it more harshly. But now we've actually completed the move. It's like excellent. This was what we wanted. We're where we wanted to be. We have what we were looking for, and huge success. For the studio, this is a much longer process of like, you know, at some point in the future, I would like for me to have my own studio space, not one that I rent. Because mm. I want to have more control over the building and I want to have more control over what I can and can't do here. 
And I've started like laying the foundation of the processes from an accounting and business perspective to try and mean that maybe in five years from now I could think about it. Like that's kind of where I am. So I feel like, again, even the foundations are not finished, <laughs> but right. I've started the process of like what I would need to do to even start thinking about that. In my family life, like really the move was a big part of this. I want to put new roots in to into a new part of London and start building up again from there. And I'm going to come back to the family stuff so shortly. I think it's going to become part of my next team. And then with business, I'm very confident with Relay FM's current position, which again has been like every year in the last three years. Who knows, right? Like mm. it's kind of been a, there have been points in the year. But right now I'm feeling very good about where we are. And I'm also feeling really good about Cortex brand. I think we're on a good path. I will come back to this in a second. Like we've got to go make that path happen. But now yeah. I think that we, in 22, I think there's much more structure than we had before. Yeah, I think this is one of those funny things for outsiders where it will seem like not a lot has happened with yeah. Cortex brand, but it's it's just like you, you're not aware of the things that have been going on behind the scenes. It became a real company, right? Like yeah. we, it, we were kind of like, I felt like operating out of the back of a truck before 2022. <laughs> and like now yeah. we've like got things in place that real businesses need, like, and we're starting to build from there. Yeah. Yeah, you put you have put in a ton of work with getting that set up as a proper thing this mm. year. Uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think people will see the the fruits of that come, but I I can also yep. understand why, from your perspective, when you're doing the review, it's easy to feel on a bunch of these levels like, oh, nothing has really happened. But it's like I I, dis I disagree with that, especially with that one with the family. It's like yeah, yep. that home move is a huge like huge deal. That is the foundational thing. And this is the structure part. Yeah, like the structure is a foundation, right? And like. And, and and I've put in all of the in each of those areas. I'm I'm confident about what I've put in. Yeah. But there was the secondary feeling of like, oh my god, I'm overwhelmed, and that mm. hasn't gone away. And that is what I'm gonna spoilers focus on again mm -hmm. next year, but in a different way. So to continue my 2022 review, <laughs> I said on our last episode, we're gonna have. Three new Cortex brand products in 2022. Right. This is an achievable goal. This was not achievable. This <laughs> is not an achievable goal. Not achievable at all. No. <laughs> we haven't not been doing anything. So we have had a, one of those new products has been available. It's been available in limited quantities over the last year. And we've not spoken about it on the show because the quantities are really limited. Mm -hmm. Every now and again, we have a version of a pen available on our store. We work with our friends at Studio Neat. They make a wonderful pen called the Mark One, and we've been doing a branded version of that. When you're on CortexMerch.com, sometimes it will be there, sometimes it won't be there. You can put your email address in and be told when they'll be there. Like mm -hmm. it, there, we have a like an overall plan that at some point this will be a product that's always available, but it's complicated to make that happen. So yeah, but it's sometimes there. Yeah, it's complicated to make. This is one of those things where you run into a bunch of supply issues, and mm -hmm. so it's it's also just never made sense to fully promote it because it's always been in little dribs and drabs here and this isn't a full promotion of it i just mentioned it sometimes like if yeah. we are fully promoting it i'll tell you all the specs i'm not even going to do that <laughs> like, <laughs> one day we will come back to this right yeah i, I have a whole pitch that i give people about this pen that we're yeah. not going to do here you're not going to hear it <laughs> right today. we're not, not going to hear it but it's like it's funny to me i didn't remember 
that you had set this goal of three new Cortex mm-hmm. brand products in 2022. And yes, looking back on that, knowing all the logistical difficulties that are still working themselves out in the world, it's just, it's shocking. Mm-hmm. That was a hilariously unaccomplishable target and neither of us had the foggiest clue of that yep. at the start of the year well i mean one of them was just like there was a fundamental lack of a resource in the world mm-hmm. that we couldn't make a thing it's <laughs> yeah. like oh okay and then we've had another product which is our next big product which has also been in development for 18 months mm-hmm. i mentioned it on the last theme episode i was talking about it Mm-hmm. I was talking about like, you know, I wanted that I had sat down and like went through a whole thing and we were going through original prototypes then. This product is made and it's currently waiting at a port. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at some point next year, we will have like our second big product. It was Cortex brand is how I'm hoping that this is going to go. But that's been a project which has taken a whole year mm-hmm. with weekly trips to manufacturers like we will have a whole story to tell some point in 2023 so do we have three products for sale no we had one kind of another one nearly (laughs) yeah i feel like we have 1.1 products right that's how it works with the journal and the pen (laughs) so not so achievable but still making good progress the biggest thing was i wanted to find more space in my schedule for unstructured time And I wanted to do a few things with this. I wanted to have more time to come up with product ideas and big idea stuff and also time for me. And what I have been able to find more of is the time for me. I I have made that the priority because I still didn't have like tons of time. So when I had time, I wanted to focus it on that. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, mainly because in the latter six months of the year, if I had large chunks of time, I was trying to get the house things in order in that time. One of the biggest changes for me in the year of structure is if I would have been sitting at my desk and I've got, say, 45 minutes before a call or recording or something, and I haven't got any task that I particularly want to work on or need to work on, I would previously just click around, like, Mm. what's on Twitter, what's in my email, that kind of stuff. What I have been intentionally doing is what a great time to go play a video game. And that has been a massive positive change in my life this year. Like in 2021, I felt like I was completely detached from video games. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing them. There were, you know, every game of the year at Candidate, I hadn't played them. And, and it was bothering me. Because I wanted, I love video games. I always have, and I wanted to be more connected to them. And so, then like a couple of things happened for me. Like one was this, and also I started listening to a bunch of new podcasts from Kind of Funny. They're a podcast network. They, their video games and pop culture is typically where they focus on. Mm-hmm. So, bringing in more video game content that I enjoyed, plus making a priority of playing more video games, has been a huge change for me. It started with having an Xbox in my studio, but where it really gained its legs was getting a Steam Deck and then just having access to basically anything. Yeah. Has been awesome. And I can play it comfortably. And it's interesting because this is like a previous year's theme of building strength 
in May. Like that was one of the things like fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Was It was never a actual theme of mine, but it would find its way into other themes that I would have. When I was thinking about like reinvention, it was part of that. And for me, like I struggled with RSI. I've spoken about that on the show in the past. This isn't the case for everyone, but it turned out for me that building a little more strength training into my life has significantly reduced my RSI issues. So I'm able to more comfortably play video games. So like there's been this like building up of things just got me to the point where I've played a ton of video games this year and I love it. And it's been a huge positive impact on my life. I'm so happy to hear that. It is a thing like for years I felt I was trying to gently encourage you like, hey, Mike, you know, just like try the weightlifting a little bit. And it's... It sounds ridiculous of like, oh, yeah, you're going to pump iron to play video games. But it like in my experience and in the experience of lots of my friends and colleagues, like a tiny amount of strength training can really impact RSI. And it's one of those things like I didn't even really notice it at first. But at some at some point, it's like, oh, my RSI just went away. And it's like, oh, right. Just a tiny amount of this has really made a big difference like we're not a couple of like jacked muscle heads right the two of us like i don't think you would necessarily look at us and be like oh man they love their weight training so that is to say like you don't have to really go heavy on it but just enough i would go so far as to say people would look at us and especially me right now which we'll get to and say those guys definitely don't weight train (laughs) (laughs) they anti-weight train yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's why like i really do i have this weird like crusade about like weight training for nerds it's like you don't want to do this but it actually directly impacts all of the Mm -hmm. things that you like and Mm -hmm. if you stop doing it it makes things worse and yeah it's not the case for everyone but I'm just like, I'm so happy that you have experienced this too. And that it's like, it's really paying dividends in all of these ways of just, oh, with a little bit more strength, you can use your hands for longer comfortably, yep. Yep. which impacts everything. Everything. You know, just having that pain all the time was just very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so finding a way to remove that has been a fantastic change. And then using that to be able to bring more fun back into my daily life again has just been fantastic. Mm. The Steam Deck's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that has been just great. Like, I've just been playing a ton of games. And I will say that in doing this, being able to take this time to do something for me, something that I enjoy, I think that it significantly helped me avoid burnout this year which in the summer was, I think, very close for me to just... Hmm. After having COVID, I was in a very difficult position. For uh, like There was just a lot going on at work, and I was struggling to be able to handle it, plus the emotional toll of going through my COVID situation in San Jose <laughs> yeah. during WWDC week. Like It was just a not great time. And it was also some of the worst parts of our house buying. like Because yeah. the house buying process for us started in March, but really kind of reached ahead in June. And that was when it became pretty complicated. A lot of those things that were complicated happening while we were stuck in the hotel room in San Jose. Yeah. I, I re-listened to the theme episode from last year. And it 
It broke my heart when you mentioned on that episode saying, oh, maybe this year I'll get invited to an Apple event. <laughs> and I did. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> as like a career highlight goal of uh-huh. like, oh, this is a, And then like, I had forgotten that you, you had said that. On, and I, it's like, my heart just sank through the floor. No, mm-hmm. like, oh, he doesn't know what future Mike is going to experience. Yeah. Like just just one of the worst covid experience environments it's just like it was just it was like the it was a perfect storm of miserableness uh so yeah you you had such a such a rough summer with that it was it was awful i know that people might listen to this episode and think that i'm i'm like pushing the idea of themes really hard but it is because it something that i believe in so much to say that when all of this was happening and i was in a pretty tough spot I looked to my theme and added more to it. So in July, I added a few things into what my theme was based on what was going on with me at the time. I started using focus modes to detach more on weekends and evenings. So like a lot of the stuff we were talking about in the last episode, that was like how I use my focus modes. That was a direct result of what my summer was like. I finally let go of editing upgrade because of all of this. Uh, Like I had, uh, for like July to end of August, my ability to edit podcasts, to record them and edit them was significantly impacted. Every show I would record, I would end it and it felt like my chest was on fire. Mm. It was really hard for me to just do my work and it, I had to start facing a couple of things, really. One was that I needed to start letting go of some stuff more than I even thought I needed to. And two, I actually started to face the idea of like, what do you do if you're sick? You was one person responsible for the income of your family, right? Yeah. Where like... I have the kind of job where if I'm not working, it stops. So I started to like face some of this stuff, think about some of this stuff more. It reframed some of the importance for Cortex brand in the future for me as like a business that could one day just kind of be like its own thing. Mm-hmm. Right, that like it is a company that makes these products that people like, and it just can continue to make money even if I am not able to focus on it. And same for you, right? I think we both see that as like a thing because otherwise, if we can't make content, what happens, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so that was a very difficult thing that I had to start looking at because I had a, a Significant enough bout with COVID that my symptoms ran for months after I was technically did not have it anymore. And I didn't know how long that was going to continue. And it would also hit me at random times. It was like, okay, I need to, again, what can I look at in my theme? And so it was like, all right, I need to give myself more rest time and be more intentional with that. And then also give myself more time back by letting go of editing upgrade, which is a thing I thought I would never do. Yeah. Um, and I've been very happy with the decision. We work with a great editor who 
has taken over the show for me and is doing a wonderful job. Jim Metzendorf, we use him for a bunch of projects at Relay. He edits some of my other shows, but Upgrade was one that I was like very protective of. Yeah, and very understandably that you were protective of. Mm. You were really careful with the crafting of that edit. So I'll just say, take this in the best possible way, that as a listener of Upgrade... I would never have known that a switch happened. And that's what I wanted. Which is exactly what you want, yeah. And me and Jim worked together in the handover of that. I wanted the show to continue sounding the same. So he was very gracious in allowing kind of like my mixing taste Mm -hmm. to be in that. Because audio editing, if you listen to podcasts from public radio or whatever, they'll call it audio engineering or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I know. Right? It's always so pretend. It makes me laugh every time I hear but that. Anyway, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Mike, it's public airwaves, right? Yes. Only the highest quality smooth yes. sounds. So, the, you know, like the audio engineering part, like how do you want it to sound, not necessarily what are you cutting out or keeping in? And Jim very graciously would allow that to occur. So there would never seem like there was a switch over. And uh, I give him my notes and he's and he listens. And it's been fantastic. And it's been really great. And now when that show is done, Jason takes it and posts it. So as soon as I am done with Upgrade at like 7 p.m. on a Monday, that's it now. And that's fantastic. Because I used to leave here between 9 and 10 p.m. Now I leave between 7 and 8. And it's just awesome. So... That's been a great change. But it was born out of something that I feel like I needed to do, which was not necessarily what I thought was going to happen. But I looked at my theme, Mm -hmm. worked out how this could fit within it and move forward with it. So along with the like giving myself more time, I wanted to have less in my calendar, like appointment wise. This didn't really get any better. Okay. One of the things with the theme was like taking that year to focus on not only just cutting them down immediately, but what would I put in place for 2023 to cut out more from my calendar? I haven't really succeeded with this. Hmm. One of the things I wanted to do was think about if there were any shows that I was going to leave and that has not materialized um, because I can't do it. <laughs> You can't let go. Can't let go, no. Mm-hmm. Look, at some point, I think I'm going to do more of this, but it just isn't the time right now. That I am making some changes that will have a big impact around frequency and how much time I need to commit to some stuff. So um, I can't really talk about that just yet because yeah. it impacts other people. Yeah, obviously. But I am actually confident that Going through this this year, I'm going to feel much better next year about what my calendar looks like because of these changes. But I haven't actually cut shows out mm-hmm. completely. So that's something to still work on maybe, but it hasn't happened this time around. Similarly, I wanted my to-do list to be smaller. And oh boy, did that not happen. <laughs> uh, one of the things I was thinking about was giving more responsibilities to other people. This continues to be an ongoing process. I'm happy that progress continues to be made. A lot of this actually just comes from me rather than like my feelings as opposed to actually giving the work away. I am continuing to work on trusting people who are good at what they do to just do what they do without me feeling like I have to be involved. Okay. And I've gotten better at that this year and I'm continuing to work on this as an ongoing thing. But there is also like a practical part of actually giving tasks of mine to other people. What do you mean by that? Uh, it's more sponsorship stuff. Okay. 
So me becoming continually less involved in that process in the company. Hmm. Kerry does a fantastic job, better job than me. And I'm continuing to hand more and more of my parts of that off to her. And that is the thing that we're continuing to work through. It's a slow moving process. Hmm. Don't want to upset that too much. I feel like. Hmm. I spoke about maybe getting an assistant again. That has not happened. Uh, I did not do anything. <laughs> I had forgotten <laughs> about that, honestly. Hey, that's fair, right? This happens mm-hmm. to all of us, right? You you think like, oh, I'm going to do this this year. And then a year later you go, oh, I totally forgot about that. Zero memory of that as an idea. Uh, maybe. I mean, I still would like to have someone help me out with some more stuff but i don't really again i just don't really think i've got a big enough good enough list of things yet so sometime at some time yes but it isn't now i I will i will i said this last year i think Mm. i'm going to reiterate it again you have a bigger list than you think you do this is this is everybody's issue everybody's like i don't have that much stuff but this but this is again like if you can build a relationship of trust with someone else you will endlessly find more things for them to do. I mean, I know that process, right? Because, like, <laughs> yeah. I hired an assistant who became the vice president of sales at my company, right? Like, I, no, so I like, know, I, I know, I know but you're, you're here, but it's like you're I know the trust again, you can have, right? And you're, but, you're, but you're like, oh, I don't have enough to do. It's like, but you do, right? <laughs> I started like, right? It's no different now than it was years ago when you did this for the first time. It's the same thing again. <laughs> I will keep this one in my mind. It, okay, it, it will continue to help me. In the future, even with my 2023 theme, if I was able to do this, it's just not a thing I thought about really at all. (laughs) Obviously, with the structure, one of the big things was setting vacation structure for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have more time off because I have done a terrible job of it always since I've been self-employed, really. Mm -hmm. I had a target of 20 days. By the end of the year, I will have gotten to like 15 or 16 Look, that's not bad. I'm very happy with that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> C- considering how terrible you've been in the yes. past, that's not bad. And it would have been different, but the house move kind of messed it up. Like we wanted yeah. to do more like little staycations and we just did one of them. So I'm confident that in the future that will occur. I committed to a two-week break. I booked it far in advance. That was a fantastic thing to do and I'm going to keep doing that because knowing that that two-week break was coming up has been like a great mental barrier for me of like there's this thing coming up and i've been thinking about it for like six or seven months now and i've been very excited about it and like so i'm going to keep doing that taking a two-week break at some point in the year but then also peppering in smaller breaks i consider this a big win to have even got 75 percent of the way to my target because i hadn't done that in years (laughs) yeah yeah you know really the only time i've taken more vacation time than this was when i got married Mm-hmm. And that was like my first actual proper vacation I'd taken since I started the company where there was like a period of time where I was going to do no work mm-hmm. and like tell people not to bother me, <laughs> right? And you've been married for how many years now? For, uh, <laughs> oh no, I didn't four. mean to put you on the spot, COVID, Mike. man, leave me alone. Uh, four, four years. Right, four there years. we go. Four years. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a while since mm-hmm. you took some proper time off, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how could you do that you know what i mean how could you how could you throw out that question how many years have you been married i'm like uh, that's uh, confidential information i can't answer that on the podcast <laughs> you know what great answer <laughs> great answer so in review of my 2022 the key thing that i wanted to do was to spend 
the year getting myself ready to have a better structure in place for 2023 and beyond. You know, I was kind of saying that like, this is me setting the table for the next however many years. And we were both talking a lot about 10 years in that episode, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that I got there in a bunch of areas. There's a, a lot of things have been laid that I can build on top of, especially in those four key places that I mentioned. I would say that overall, I think that I have been successful in my yearly theme, even if moment to moment, I still felt a little bit out of control of some things that were going on. Mm. But it was, again, another year full of some weird twists and turns, but armed with my idea of structure, like you've got to keep structure in your life. I think it kind of pulled me through it. I think one of the key things that I am taking away from the year of structure is that rather than just cutting things out completely, if I schedule things better, I can have more structure. So it isn't like just about like, oh, cutting things out, but mm. being smarter about the way I operate. And that's where I'm going into 2023. And so we'll get the rest of that a little bit later on in the episode. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Fitbod. Between balancing work, family, and everything else you've got going on in your life, it can sometimes be hard to make fitness a priority. What you need is a program that works with you, not against you, and that's why you need Fitbod. Fitbod has an amazing algorithm to learn about you, your goals, and your training ability. It will then craft a personalized exercise plan that is unique to you, and their app makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform every exercise with their HD video tutorial shot from multiple angles, so learning everything is a breeze. If your yearly theme includes health, maybe that's the thing that you want to focus on in the year, maybe you want to focus on your fitness, Fitbod is the place to start. You don't want to have to look at what other people are doing and stack up against them when it comes to your fitness. Personal fitness is a personal thing. You need something that is made for you. That's when it sticks and when you'll see the results that you're looking for. And Fitbod uses data to create and adjust a dynamic fitness plan personalized to you that you'll have instant access to in their app so you can make your progress from anywhere at any time. Fitbod knows that everybody's path with fitness is different. And so they do so much work to customize things exactly for you. They make sure to learn from your workouts so everyone will be even better, whether you work out twice a day or twice a week. Fitbod even tracks your muscle recovery to make sure your plan is balanced with a variety of exercises to make sure you're not overworking anything. Both Gray and I have used Fitbod to great effect over the years and has definitely played a big part in both of our fitness journeys, especially when it comes to our themes. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. You can get 25% off your membership, though, when you sign up at fitbod.me slash cortex. So go now and get a customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash cortex, and you'll get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash cortex. Our thanks to Fitbod for their support of this show and Relay FM. New decades dawn. Again? Yes, that's correct. New Decades Dawn Again, which at the time I, I branded as the most nebulous theme ever. Mm -hmm. It's interesting listening to you talk about how your year went because obviously because we do this show, we have a funny experience where setting a theme and working on it and having it throughout the year to think about is really important to both of us. But because we also do this show, we tend to not want to talk to each other about it mm -hmm. as the year is going on. 
because that would make this episode worse. Like if I knew how you were thinking about everything, it's sort of it's sort of better to have it here where we can discuss it. But listening to you talk about how your year went and having re-listened to last year's episode, some years we're really aligned in, in what we're thinking about and some years we're really not. And I feel like we've just had two really aligned experiences. Last year, both of us were thinking very long-term about our themes. And I was really having the same experience as this episode was coming up as you were of, I was kind of dreading it because I kept thinking, oh, this year has gone terribly. Like this has just been an awful year on a number of metrics. I think it's fair to say that this is probably the second worst year of my adult life. And so I was really down about it and... This is also just, at the time we're recording at the end of November, it's also just tends to be a really super duper busy time for me. Because of the way YouTube works, you really want to have a video up in December, so I'm always like pressured to try to get that done. We have our two big episodes of State of the Apps and Themes, which from our subjective experiences, we're basically like recording back to back almost. They're like (laughs) seven days apart. And they're both huge work jobs for both of us. And we've both like re-listened to a bunch of the episodes to get ready for this. And I'm also flying to America in like two days. So it's just like... (laughs) Snap. Yeah. It's just been terrible. Like I was really, I was really down like as November was here and just approaching this, like, oh my God, I've got so much work to do. Trying to finish this video. It's the big cortex season. Like, I just hate it. I'm so unpleasant. And also my year was awful. Like everything sucks. But like one of the things that's really nice about this time is it also forces me to actually review how the year went to spend some time and sit down and Like, I look through my theme journal and say, like, okay, what was I doing at different times? I look at the notes that I make over the course of the year about how things are going or what am I thinking or what am I working on? And while I will still say that objectively this is not a great year, it's so much less bad than it was in my mind when I was just kind of ruminating on it in this vague way that that you can do of, like, everything sucks and everything is bad and it's like no no february feels like three years ago what was actually happening then you know the summer feels like it was two years ago what was actually happening then like go through and see what you were up to so back to the actual theme which was new decades dawn i knew that it was a super nebulous theme but that was kind of on purpose so for me it was just about re-evaluating my entire YouTube career that I think after having done it for 10 years, there was a strange way in which I was distant enough from having been a teacher that I kind of just took my YouTube life for granted that like, oh, this is just the way things have always been. And part of that was about internalizing that that is not true it's not true that like oh i just am a youtuber that it's it's a thing that i have to just like i did at the beginning of the decade really think about intentionally what am i doing here so i kind of wanted to try to reevaluate youtube with new eyes and 
stop thinking about how the internet was and instead see how it actually currently is, what my life currently is, what does that mean in terms of how I want to produce videos and how I want to go forward long term. I didn't say it at the time, but if you go back and listen to that old theme episode, I think it's very clear that my original intention was always for this to be a two-year theme. I didn't intend for it to be a one-year theme. I thought, I know going into this, it's going to be much more long-term than just this one year. I have adjusted that a bit since, but that was the original idea. So before I just get into the professional stuff, I do want to say like one of the things, it's, it's almost like I kind of forgot about, but I was also finishing off this year a kind of, there was a bit of a sub-theme left over from the previous year, which was about seeing all of the family after having not seen anyone because of COVID for a long time. And I like almost kind of forgot that I spent like nearly a quarter of the year in Hawaii. Year of the voyage, <laughs> right? Wasn't that was <laughs> yeah. like from the previous year, right? Yeah. It happened to be split, you know, because we do themes every year, but like what you plan for stuff doesn't hit those borders exactly. So it was always the like, I'm going to spend a bunch of time with my side of the family, and then we're going to spend a bunch of time with my wife's side of the family. And it just like, it broke up over the two different years, but those were always planned together as two sides of the same coin. But yeah, I like already sort of pushed that back of like, oh, that was so long ago. It must have been two years ago. And that was a big chunk of time. And I, like, I don't know if I ever really said it on the show, but it's important in a year review to say it out loud and internalize it. That while it is easy and fun to complain about how unbearable I find many things in Hawaii, it doesn't change the fact that just like visiting my side of the family was, visiting my wife's side of the family, and in particular, being able to coordinate getting a lot of people together at the same time in one location. It was a kind of peak in-law experience that was just good for all of us. Like, I think it was just a great bonding experience for that whole side of the family. It brought everyone closer together. It may literally be unique in terms of the difficulty of trying to coordinate whatever it was in the end, like uh, just, a, just a ton of people rotating in and out, but it was great. And that alone was just a really successful thing to have done this year. It was kind of nice in the review to go through and go like, yeah, that really was a big deal this year, getting to the other side of the world and coordinating spending a long time there and coordinating family there, like... It was a big logistical project, and it was pulled off hugely successfully, even if I find Hawaii physically uncomfortable and full of spiders. But, like, that's, you know, that's a different issue. But, yeah, so what happened with the rest of my year was similar to your experience, that it's kind of funny. I think in past years, whenever I've talked about themes... I almost always have used the example of health as something that can come up that you don't expect and as one of the reasons why goal setting is bad. That you you never know in a year when like, oh, surprise, your year is actually going to be a year of health. It's not mm -hmm. going to be whatever else you focused on. And I don't know. I was very... I was very hesitant to talk about a lot of the specifics on the show. Like, we sort of mentioned it. We discussed it a little bit in more text, which was 
kind of intentional on my part of like, oh, I don't want to talk about this in the main show, like we, but we can talk about it some in Mortex. But yeah, I was hit way harder for way longer than I knew. And I'll share that from my wife's perspective, it was for her a bit like living with someone who is a long COVID denier who has long COVID. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it doesn't exist <laughs> yeah i mean i like i literally had conversations with her where i was like i've read over this paper about long covid and i think there's some serious methodological problems with this even as a concept but her experience was that we had a real relationship role reversal that went on all year that i was kind of constantly in denial of which is Normally, she is the one who is much more over-ambitious about whatever the day plans are going to be. So sometimes when we're talking in the morning, she will tell me all the things that she, like, here's here's what she's going to do today. Like, boom, 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 boom. Here's a list. And she will casually have reeled off something that's like 30 hours of work mm -hmm. that she's planning to get done. And then I'm the one who sort of talks her down from that and says, like, okay, well, let's realistically, how long do all these things take? And, and let's do the plan. And we completely had a role reversal this year of me talking about what I wanted to do. And she had to constantly talk me down because I was just kind of refusing to accept that what I considered a normal amount of work was not possible. And I still think I would have been kind of fine if I only got COVID the once, but it was the second time that just absolutely killed me and really put me down. And so, just like you, it directly impacted a lot of my ability to work. And some of the specifics that I haven't talked about, but this was, again, like going through the data and trying to see, you know, what did my year actually look like? Because all of this is connected to, like, I'm really disappointed in my video output this year. But when I looked through the data, I realized my aerobic ability in across all metrics was just completely fucked. There's no other way to put it. And digging through the data, I realized, oh, I wasn't even really able to consistently use my treadmill desk and walk and talk the script out loud mm. until September. Mm. And it's like, it's a thing that I knew, like I sort of knew that I would go into the office and try to walk and talk a script out loud at the same time and not be able to do it and then just sit down at my desk. But I, I totally like... I will acknowledge it now. I was in some kind of weird sort of denial about this. Of like, even now, I still kind of think like, okay, let me let me be let me be very clear about this sentence, Internet, right? For like everyone listening, I still kind of think that most long COVID might be a mass nocebo effect. Like, there's a part of my brain which is still just whispering that constantly, but it's extra funny in my own position because for a nocebo to work. You have to think that it's harmful, which I like refused to do and then still obviously have all of the symptoms. So like this is almost a self-falsifying thought. Even to think this thought and then look at yourself is makes it obviously not true. Yeah, because if you didn't believe it was possible but then suffer from it. Right. Then you can't be... Yeah, there's like a double negative here, yes. which is I'd have to believe that it's harmful to have the symptoms that I don't believe can be harmful, right? It's like, I oh, know this this thought like annihilates itself. It's like matter and antimatter in one yeah. thought. Yeah. But there's there's still like a part of my brain that just totally holds on to it. 
There's a thing that you won't be aware of, which is also a way that I kind of tricked myself. So this is why I mean by like specifically looking at like what was actually the problem. And the problem is clearly my cardiovascular system. But I was kind of pretending that wasn't a problem because both times I got COVID, the thing that made it very real for me was, oh, while I had COVID, I couldn't rank up on Magic the Gathering. I'm like, oh, God, I'm just like, my ranking score is terrible because I can't think straight. Right. But then after both COVIDs, I ranked back up into Mythic and I was like, ah, everything's fine. Right. Someone's going to write a paper about that. The long term ramifications of Magic the Gathering players between the years of 2020 to 2024. Yeah, for sure. Like I bet there's I bet there's a ton of people who follow that same pattern of like mm-hmm. mythic players who drop down into like platinum like a noob and can't break out of it. And then when COVID clears up, like, oh, they're ranked back up into mythic, no problem. But like I really do think there was a way in which I used that as a way to kind of convince myself there wasn't mm-hmm. a problem. It's like, oh, I have an actual numerical rank to prove that my brain hasn't got messed with. And so nothing could have been messed with. And it's like, ah, yes, but you know you're made of two things, a brain and the body it lives in. And like the body it lives in is having some major problems. And so, yeah, when like I kind of thought everything was over in the summer, but all of my auto-tracked activity shows that that was just totally not true. And I kind of, I knew it wasn't true, but I was also just completely in denial about it. And again, looking through the actual data, again, mainly through until September, I had huge periods of time where my movement activity was almost nothing in a day. That's not normal. Like, I'm just totally not doing well at all. Or like, even things when I was kind of reviewing how my year went, I realized how many bike rides have I gone on this year? Like, I really love cycling around London. I get a lot of pleasure out of it. Like, I think it's such an amazing city to explore by bike. And it's also a thing that my wife routinely pushes me in to do because she she notices in the afternoon of like, oh, you're just kind of sitting around like, why don't you go for a bike ride? You always come back happier. And that's like, that's a thing that she's just gotten in the habit of pushing me. But that didn't happen this year. It's like, how many bike rides did I do? Oh, the answer was three. And then looking at it, I realized, oh, right. After those bike rides, like my activity again, just dropped to almost nothing the subsequent days of like, I'm just not moving around at all. Mm. So yeah, it was a major problem. And The other thing that I sort of didn't want to talk about, but you know, because it impacted the show, is I was having what I kind of dubbed COVID migraines, which were these very long lasting kind of low level migraines that constantly threatened to break out into like a full fledged, oh God, the world is nothing but pain migraine at any moment. And I did start to track these because I was a little bit worried about it. And it's like I was losing maybe two weeks a month to being in this kind of state of having like a constant low level headache. This is also one of these things that finally November is the first time I haven't had one of these. Like I can see that Mm. the, the trend has been going down. So this is one of these funny areas where I'm trying to look through the data and be quite serious about it and be like, hey, okay, listen, listen, Gray. Your brain wants to be full of lies about how well you're doing. So do you have 
actual metrics to show that you are actually getting better. And I do starting in September, but I like operated under the year of at the start in Hawaii. I'm like, oh, I'm in Hawaii and I've recovered from COVID and that's going to be great. And it's like, eh, I still wasn't great. And then I got COVID again. And it's like, and then it was really bad and sort of related to the thing that I was talking about before. Not surprisingly, with no activity and just such little cardiovascular strength, it's like all of my exercise basically went away. And a little thing that I've noticed is like, oh, right. Hello, RSI. You've returned. Of course, because I've dropped the strength training because I just wasn't up for it. I like I just haven't wanted to talk about all of these little details. I think it's kind of not very interesting to listen to someone talk about this. But like if we're doing a year review and if I didn't go through this, it would just be like totally willfully ignoring the most impactful thing that happened to me all year long. And it obviously had a huge impact on my ability to work and my actual output. So that's the big thing that happens. It is a super bummer. But this is also where, again, I'm glad to have stuff to go through because in retrospect, looking at the year and seeing, okay, how much time did I have if I estimate how much I was put down by low-level migraines and a bunch of other problems? Considering the amount of time I actually had to work and the fact that like, okay, I'm going to have a video that's going up in December. I've got the final audio for that recorded. So it's in animation. So there's no problems. Yay. I know. That's so good. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. I really Uh, genuinely am. I'm so happy to hear that. Yes, I'm I'm extremely happy to hear that as well, although it it only happened because I had to split a thing into two, but that's a whole other story. Hey, it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) That's the best kind of content, you know what I mean? Content that doubles. It's great. Yeah, content that doubles. Yeah, we'll get to that for my actual theme, but considering it's like, okay, I am going to get a video out for December, which is like my biggest single stress point in the year and has been making me miserable all month. Considering that my like runways video was basically a kind of two-in-one or three-in-one, it's like, it's actually not terrible in terms of output per available work time so it's still not a good year but i feel a lot less bad about it than like oh like i'm just a miserable loser who accomplished nothing it's like no no a major impactful thing happened and all things considered your output per available units of time to work wasn't wildly affected by that. I did have a bit of bad luck in that September, I took a graycation and I did write a video during this time. We were kind of talking about this on one of the previous episodes where I was talking about like, oh, there's like things the audience want, which might make a product worse. I had written a video. It was going to be like a 20 minute long thing, but I, I made the very difficult decision to cut it for style reasons that were sort of related to this of like... This doesn't fit in with the style. I don't like it. And so there is a kind of phantom video that was basically finished. And that that also makes me feel a little better. Obviously, not publishing that doesn't help the business, but it does help in terms of just thinking about, okay, I also have another metric for like starting in September, things are actually getting better. Not amazingly fast, but again, it's all about the trend lines here. And also reviewing the year, I had kind of totally forgotten a bunch of the things that I had done, which includes 
under the umbrella of accepting the reality of YouTube, two projects. One of which was, hey, I'm going to try out shorts, which is a thing that I did. (laughs) It was a total disaster, but like it was a disaster that I learned from. I'm glad I did it. And it fell under this category of don't just ignore new things that you're grumpy about. Actually try them. With that one, again, I just don't think it works for me for various reasons. I made two videos. I kind of had a couple more in development and then quickly realized, no, this is just awful. And sharp-eyed viewers will notice that the shorts that we talked about earlier in the year don't even exist on the channel anymore because they were so bad in terms of all of the metrics I care about. Mm -hmm. They were actually net negative. So Mm -hmm. I removed them. (laughs) Uh. (sighs) What was was that big sigh for? This is so bad, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) we try this thing. Oh, no, it made everything worse. Yeah, yeah. You never know, though, right? Like, this might be something to come back to again in the future. Clearly, this is something YouTube doesn't want to go away. And I think, you know, there's more about, like, them doing revenue share and stuff, which is a thing that they're starting to talk about. Maybe one day it might have a different effect, but clearly for you right now, this is not a thing to put energy into. Yeah, yeah, of course. As always, if if the situation changes, like you're dumb if you don't yep. reevaluate. Yep. Of course. But yes, even the things that I have seen that are the optimistic outcomes of that, I'm like, oh, this is just awful. But like, I was really glad to have done that. The idea of leaning into YouTube and being a YouTuber, which is obviously one of the big things we spoke about, and I think you're going to talk about something else in regards to that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you need to do everything. Yeah, it, yeah, that's exactly right. But you got to try it, though. That's the point. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like I had spent years just being like a you know old man yells at cloud about shorts you're a youtube hipster that's what you were yeah Yeah. and it was it was worth trying i reserve the right to try it again if the situation changes but for various reasons i just don't expect it will ever really work for me but that's also good because it just kind of focuses on okay do the things that you're good at the second major thing which again i had just kind of like totally taken out of my brain as this was a major project for the whole year was redoing all of the thumbnails and titles for Mm -hmm. almost every single one of the videos is not complete there's a few videos which are either like out of date or just not watched very much that still haven't made it into the rotation of worth spending time on for changing but i think like 90 percent of the video thumbnails and titles have been updated and changed over the course of the year now that sounds like it's not a huge deal But this was a much bigger project than I anticipated because I wanted to set up a bunch of systems for, okay, instead of just like randomly changing things around, I need to have a system for like, which thumbnails am I going to be trying? Try to have a record of like what works and what doesn't. Oh, if you were to just like change everything all at once, that probably messes up all of the data for how anything can possibly work. So like try to slowly roll this out over the course of the year. And without a doubt, thumbnails saved my business this year, right? Like in terms of the lack of uploads, the thumbnails and title changes acted as though I had uploaded several more videos this year than I did. And I know that people hate it. They're like, oh my God, why don't you just keep the same thumbnails and titles forever? I always think there's a new video. This is so confusing. I'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. 
But it's a funny thing because I, I thought like, do I really need to do this? I don't I don't think I do. And over the course of the year, slowly rotating through everything and working on it with the animator and having the whole team do the like, hey, can you think of a better title for this? Which is we've discussed before is like surprisingly hard to do. So hard. So hard to do. <laughs> Doing all of that like is just way more work than I thought it was. Here's an example of what I'm going to call the most effective 10 minutes of my entire career. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever beat it. This is it. Like I've peaked in terms of efficiency. I wanted to update my old video, which was about the Tikoi test range. Not the exploring video, but the video explaining like, hey, what was this place that I explored? Was that the CGP Grey was wrong one? No, not the, not the CGP Grey was wrong one. It's the one that that one is correcting. So if you remember, I uploaded the original Here's What Tikoi Was video. Yep. It had the mistake in it. I made CGP Grey was wrong. I took down the old video and then I uploaded a new video yes. of Tikoi with the correction. Yes. It's actually the video that you wanted to make in the first place. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is the one that explains like, oh, hey, it's the nuclear subs. I love the animation that's in there that's like, there's 20 nuclear submarines and each one has eight missiles and each missile has, it has 20 warheads and it's like a million warheads to destroy the world is that video. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I want to update this one. I couldn't think of a good thumbnail change. I actually quite like the thumbnail, but I did sit down like, okay, what can I do for this video? And I will admit this is the most clickbaity title of anything that's on the channel, but it popped into my head. I was like, oh, let me just try something that's kind of clickbaity, but I do think it's legit. The title was, this abandoned shed may yet help destroy the world. And then that video got 4 million views in a week. <laughs> what was it at before? 0.7 million views. Wow. So it went from 700,000 views to 4.7 million views in like a week. And let me ask you though, right? So you got 4 million views, but like, was it 4 million helpful views? Because you could get 4 million views, which is someone going click and close, right? Yeah. And then that's no good. So part of the like new decades dawn thing is, again, taking stuff quite seriously and underlaying this conversation about thumbnails is also a renewed focus on the behind the scenes statistics of how the videos are doing. And so one of the things while I'm changing the thumbnails is I was keeping a really sharp eye on how is this actually affecting metrics that I care about, because that's exactly the thing that's like I don't want. Right. The thing that I was particularly afraid of, which if you go by comments on YouTube, you will think is happening all the time is, oh, I'm actually just tricking existing viewers to watch the thing and they abandon it immediately. So one of the things I was trying to avoid was making thumbnail or title changes. And if what I saw on the back end was oh, there's a bump in viewers, but they're all returning viewers. They're people who already watched this before. That's a bad one. And yep. I'm going to change that. Yep. Like, that's not what I want at all to be the case. What I'm trying to have is have YouTube actually show that to new people. And the Tikoi one was like comically successful in terms of YouTube showing it to new people. I don't remember offhand what the ratio was, but it was crazy good for like, oh, there's a surprisingly few number of existing viewers who are watching this. Right. And, like, I think basically YouTube 
with that title change was able to find some subsection of i imagine like urbex enthusiasts or whatever who were just like interested in this video who otherwise would never have clicked on it what's that word people who like exploring abandoned structures urban exploration yeah uh, it's sure uh, for uh, cool, 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 cool. that's kind of my theory about what happens looking at some of the demographics i think that might be true as well yeah so anyway when people are like I don't want you to change the thumbnails. It's annoying. I liked your old thumbnails better. The thing from this year that hits multiple bullet points is, number one, because so many of these videos are like eight years old or seven years old, I didn't really realize just how terrible many of those thumbnails were. The number of thumbnails I had that were just the title in like block cap letters as the thumbnail itself was surprisingly high. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why did I do this? It's like, oh, right, because I used to be a one person team and subscriptions used to matter more. So the thumbnails just didn't matter at all. And so lots of stuff in the back catalog. I was like, oh, this is awful. Like, and I just didn't know, like, we've got to update these things. And it's made a huge difference. I mean, like your top videos list now Mm-hmm. is so incredibly different to this time last year. Canada and the United States bizarre border, 22 million views. You know what, like that, where was that video before? Like, I don't even remember, but that's another one that was just bizarrely successful with a slight thumbnail and title change. Yeah. So the Tikoi one is, is, again, that's my most effective 10 minutes. Like I am never going to beat that in terms of how effective any single thing is that I've ever done in my entire life. Yep. It was like yep. that single moment. But lots of these, changing them to make the old ones better, keeping an eye on the analytics to make sure that while, yes, there will always be people who are annoyed because they thought there was a new video and they clicked on it, making sure that that is not the majority case behind the scenes and that people who are finding this are actually finding it engaging. Doing that was so good for the channel overall that like it's almost unbelievable for me to say the thing that I'm going to say here, which is, so last year I had a sub theme, which was a billionaire bust as like, this is a long-term career goal that I have, which is I would like the YouTube channel to hit a billion views. Felt like a real target. <sighs> what? <laughs> I just looked at your number. Yeah. So this year, while it has been in terms of uploads, the worst year since I started YouTube, I've added 160 million views <laughs> almost entirely by updating thumbnails and titles. You crushed it. You crushed the theme. I am ahead of schedule for hitting a billion views by like a year and a half, even though I had just an abysmal year in terms of actual video wow. production. So when people go like, why do you change the thumbnails? This is not an exaggeration. The business would have been like in financial trouble if I hadn't updated thumbnails and titles this year. Like that is how much of a difference it made. It made such a difference that it was more views than many years in which I've uploaded more. It was absolutely shocking. Because the question is, right, I guess you don't know. And I, I would wonder what your gut check is on this. Like, if you continually keep changing the thumbnails of existing videos, you wouldn't expect to add 100 million a year every year, would you? Or would no, you? no, no. So, so I actually feel like this was incredibly good timing in a way that I had this year where I was just really unable to do work. But this is the kind of admin work that I could do. And I was really consistent mm-hmm. about 
This is an important thing. You need to do this on a recurring basis. And again, I think for someone who doesn't have to deal with the YouTube backend, you could think like, what's the big deal? It's actually like a huge pain in the ass to actually keep track of this. Like it is a surprising amount of work to know if you're doing it right or not. I will never understand. No one will ever be able to explain to me why I cannot upload multiple thumbnails and they just tell me which one is the best. Like this is called A-B testing. It is the most simple of testing. Why can't and they and like the system uh, uh, drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Don't even don't even get started on that. But like, so it was a surprising amount of work. But I also think it was well timed for a year when I was just going to be really bad and limited in my time for writing to do this, because I think it almost perfectly worked out that I went through and updated almost everything on the channel. Basically by September, which is when I started to be able to get back into it somewhat, although still a little bit limited working schedule. And I think 90% of the gains that were possible to be made by changing and updating titles and thumbnails has been made this year. So I, I think this was like a one-time effect. Right. I don't I do not think this is an ongoing thing. I can't keep doing this to hit the billion views. And I actually have the data to support that because I'm keeping track of it. Of like, okay, each time now I've been changing stuff, the pattern is much, much less noticeable. I think that's because so many of my old titles and thumbnails were just legitimately bad. And the videos were kind of succeeding in spite of themselves and it's like right. hey what if you did this but it was good <laughs> you know like just make the thumbnail better will you keep doing it though anyway well so i think what this really is more about is this has been a year about internalizing and just accepting and stop complaining like a little baby about the title thumbnail system on youtube like right. just just accept that this is what this is I've had a year of learning what seems to work and what doesn't seem to work on the channel. Although oftentimes it is confusing. You can be like, why on earth does this one work so well? But like, whatever. I think there's an overall general idea of what seems to work. I think if you also just like, again, sort by popular and look at those thumbnails, I think there's a kind of consistency to them now, which wasn't so much the case before. I do think that they're just better. And so... I had been doing it anyway, but I think this is really much just more informing the future videos that go up of like, how am I going to try to do the titles and thumbnails? And this is a really important part of the process. And that's fine. That's the way the system works. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I kind of forgot is how I was also taking this and as best I could applying it to the Cortex YouTube channel as well. And so, frankly, for years, like, I think neither of us had just really thought about the Cortex channel very much. It was just, like, a thing we have because probably some people would want to listen to it that way. And that was true. There was a number of thousands of people that would listen to every episode on YouTube. Yeah. So we just did it. It just existed there. You know, we made the decision to bring in like the Cortex animated on the official channel. But I think that was like the only decision we really ever made in terms yes. of like, what can we do to make this channel better? But this year, while I was working on my own channel, I have spent more time on the Cortex backend than in all of the previous years combined by a factor of 100 and doing the same thing, doing a lot of like 
backend tweaks to Cortex. Anyone on YouTube will notice, like, I've been going through that back catalog and trying to pick out episodes where the analytics are really positive for new viewers and giving those custom thumbnails and tweaking a lot of little things to try to make it better. And it's the same thing there of this year by actively messing around with it and really trying to, again, take it seriously. Like, this is a serious part of Cortex. All of the numbers for Cortex YouTube channel are like comically up year over year. It's great. It's really it's funny. It's totally absurd. Yeah. And that's also a thing that like I kind of discounted. Oh, you've spent a huge amount of time working to make the Cortex channel actually useful this year by applying what you know from the main channel to this. And it's been stupidly successful. It's like there's a whole other audience for the Cortex podcast that exists on YouTube that just wouldn't be there without this work and just making it easy for people to get onboarded with like, hey, instead of having the exact same thumbnail for a hundred episodes, maybe make some custom thumbnails for the episodes that are more intriguing for a new viewer. And it's like, just that alone has made a big deal. And I can see like, oh, with the channel just being more alive, it also seems like YouTube is slowly recommending those Cortex animated to more viewers who just don't know anything at all about the channel. It's like, here's just a funny video to watch. And then you can start getting brought into the fold of like, oh, if you like these videos, what do they come from? They come from the full episodes of Cortex. So that's kind of my summary of how this year has been and how it's gone. It's been kind of miserable. I haven't wanted to talk about that. And I've been real bummed out about it. But I'm also just so happy to have done this review and to be able to objectively look at what happened, what has actually occurred, and feel like this year could have been so much worse if I didn't have this idea in the back of my mind. But I also did spend a lot of time kind of thinking about what does my work mean on this channel? How do I want things to change? And I'll talk about that in the theme section, but the year went better than I thought it had, and I accomplished more than I thought I had, even if it was not my sort of dreams at the beginning of the year of everything that could happen that were just cut short by COVID. I think that your theme was a huge success. It's very kind of you to say, Mike. (laughs) No, I mean it. Because if you would not have approached 2022 with the idea of committing to YouTube, as you said, you would be in a really bad situation right now. Yeah. Financially, mentally, like you would be in a much worse position. And what you have achieved because you approached the year with this mindset is... Truly astounding. 160 million views this year because you decided that you were committing to YouTube and you were going to change thumbnails and titles is an astronomical achievement that you would not have done if you did not commit to that idea. Because as you said, right, like it took you having reviewed the last decade to be like, all right, I shouldn't take this for granted. I'm a YouTuber and being a YouTuber means this, this, and this. That's the important part because to you, being a YouTuber before 2022 was just like I make videos. Mm -hmm. You didn't make any. Yeah. 
So if you wouldn't have committed to some of the other things that it takes to being a YouTuber, to running a YouTube business, your year would have been an absolute disaster where I think you can look at it to be like professionally a great success, even though the core part not really much seemed to have changed. Okay. I'm happy to take that. <laughs> you can't... 160 million views can be nothing but a success. It doesn't matter how you got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. You're right. It's not like you went and bought them. You did a thing that you were supposed to be doing. Yeah, that is what I mean by the year could have gone so much worse. And if I didn't have a theme that was related to thinking about this... We'd be having to like, I'm just packing it in. It's all over, folks, right? There's a fire sale on the CGP Grey channel. <laughs> Every video is half off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so no, it it, uh, it did work out. And you know, I'm also very happy about the success for Cortex as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I would say like it's been a, for Cortex, the podcast, Cortex brand, the business, 2022 has been excellent. Mm-hmm. We have focused the show in a bunch of different ways. And I'm very happy with the output of the show. The YouTube channel is going from strength to strength. Like, we have videos on the YouTube channel that are like approaching half a million views, which is like a thing that I never could have imagined in my life. Yeah, it is crazy. That like something with my voice in it has been heard half a million times is astounding to me. Like it's a, it is a goal I never had. Because I just never thought it would be possible, right? And so, like, that's such a cool thing. And, you know, sales on the journals as, like, our core business have continued to increase. Our, like, daily sales rate is continuing to... Like, it's been great. So, like, all of that part of our business has been going really good. And I'm very, very happy with it. And it's because we're both focusing on the business in new and different ways. And, And so I think that that's great. And so, like, I'm happy that that... You know, this YouTube stuff is trickling down into the channel. I think it's it's improving everything. Like the audio listenership is up this year, which hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah, it's totally a, a thing where improving the Cortex YouTube channel is one of the ways that I recognized, oh, I can help Cortex brand in this very direct way that I just kind of hadn't internalized before. And that's also been part of the motivation for like, oh, hey, I'm just going to take charge of everything behind the scenes on the Cortex channel and like fiddling around with it and trying to make it as good as possible because that directly translates into sales for Cortex brand and people getting journals and hopefully our future products as well. Mm -hmm. And that's also an important thing to do in a year where maybe you didn't upload. And I also think is an important thing to do going forward into the future, but we can talk about that in a bit. So I would like to hear what your theme is going to be for 2023. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by our friends at Memberful, the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience used by the biggest creators on the web to generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You will have heard us talking about more tax on the show before and the RelayFM membership program. All of this is powered by Memberful. They make it incredibly easy for us to generate extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to more Texans so they can check out longer ad-free versions of the show. If you're focusing for your yearly theme as a content creator on diversification or stability, maybe you want to expand the ways that you're able to make money and support yourself and support your family, 
Memberful is a fantastic place to go. Maybe you're already producing content and relying on advertising or other means of income. Memberful make it incredibly easy to diversify that with everything you need to run a membership program of your own. They have custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more while leaving you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, brand, and your membership. So we do podcasts here, right? So we have extra bonus podcast content. But there's tons of things that you can use Memberful for. For example, paid email newsletters. You can send these directly through Memberful to your subscribers. You don't need to connect to a third-party email provider. And you can even have your newsletter content hosted on a Memberful website so people can go and read previous issues. There's no additional fee when you're signed up for Memberful's Pro or Premium plans, and you'll save money compared to other hosted newsletter platforms. We have been so happy with Memberful. They have everything we need. Their analytics and statistics are fantastic. And their tools for managing the administration of members and stuff like that. It's all top notch. Super happy. If you want to do one of these for yourself this year, go check out Memberful. Go to memberful.com slash cortex. You can get started for free with no credit card required. That's memberful.com slash cortex. Go there now and check it out. This could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show and Relay FM. The year of the weekend. Oh, interesting. Okay. Here is my description. All right. In a continued attempt to bring more structure to my life, I am going to address my ever-creeping work-life balance issues by intentionally observing the most simple of work structures. The weekend. I like it. It's very straightforward. Very straightforward. (laughs) And in a way that makes it difficult. Okay. What do you mean by that? So this is one of the things that I've been toying with because essentially as I was going through a lot of stuff, I was realizing that what I needed was more intentional time not working. Uh And the thing that I kept bumping up against is like, typically you have two days off a week. Like Mm -hmm. that is a thing that tends to happen in most typical employment, but it's not a thing that I have done in I do not know how many years because like when I was actually full-time employed, I would use weekends to work on the podcasting stuff, right? Of course. But when I was thinking about this idea of more intentional time off, weekend, weekend, weekend was the word that kept popping up in my head, right? Mm. But the concern that I had with the framing of this theme came back to the, well, a weekend is two days, right? And if I'm thinking like I need to have a weekend every week, that is a more resolution-y than theme mm-hmm. because I don't, and what I'm not saying, I'm going to take two days off every seven days because if I do that, then I'm setting myself up to fail. Of course. Yeah. By saying that's going to happen. So it is more of an attitude than a fixed amount of time off. So for me, what it is about more than two days off every Saturday and Sunday. It's about going back to the basics of a typical work structure for me. I think the easiest way that I can address my work-life balance is to adopt more of a fundamental balance of like, there are days where I'm not working. Mm -hmm. And like, that is the typical idea. My ideal plan, of course, is that every seven-day period, there's five working days and two rest days. It would be incredible if I could do that. But, I am fully expecting that this will not be a thing I can achieve 52 times a year. Mm. It is more about, for me, if I can take more days where 
there is this mindset that I am not working, that is the real goal because mm. that is not a thing that I do. Yeah. And it is not a thing that I have done for a really long time that like, hey, I'm just not going to work today and I'm going to be okay with that. Like that's something that I struggle with. I treat basically every single day with the same attitude. There's always work to be done. I'm willing to do work and I'm willing to take on anything that might appear. That is my general attitude to every single day. And I don't want that to be my 365 day a year attitude anymore. Hmm. Now, because really for me, no matter how much structure I put in place in my life, I have the tendency to allow new things to creep into it. Mm -hmm. So if I reframe what a typical week looks like for me and that part of that is rest, I feel like this will help keep more of a consistency for me. If I have decided that this coming Tuesday is going to be a rest day, I can't book things in on that Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I have to find somewhere else in the week. If they don't fit, I can't do them. Do you have an idea for how you're going to make that decision about this coming Tuesday is going to be a day off? The way that I'm starting this is I will have my weekends on the weekend. Okay, It's the easiest way for me to do this. And then when there is work that happens on the weekend, which is typically us, it's Cortex stuff, mm -hmm. we tend to record, not on the weekend, but then I edit over the weekend. Yeah. And so in those situations, I will then look at my calendar and be like, great, I'm now going to take Tuesday as a day off. Mm -hmm. Typically, it's going to be Saturdays and Sundays, but when Saturdays and Sundays need to be used for work, I would then take a following day off. And this comes from... When I used to work in the bank, if you worked on Saturday, you would take a day in lieu, it was called, in mm. either the following week or the, or the week coming up. And so I will make my decision that way, you know, like, am I going to take a day off this week or am I going to take a day off next week? I'm going to be a bit more flexible like that because that is a way I know how to work because it's how I used to work. Yeah. That's like an approach that I'm used to. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if some kind of debit system is a, a way to think about tracking it of like, ooh, I'm way overdue because I've missed these days. But that's like a much simpler start of like a, the concept of a day in lieu mm -hmm. if you miss one. With the easiest thing for me of just like trying to just keep Saturdays and Sundays, right? Like, yeah. because that is the easiest way to do this because typically people are not working Saturdays and Sundays in general. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's how I'm going to start. I like your idea of like the weekend Wednesday idea mm -hmm. that we spoke about before. And that might be something I move more towards once I understand a little bit more about how this is going to go for me. Like that's something because I, I think for me personally, it would be better to not have those two days back to back. Yeah. But I want to settle into this a little more before I move into that. Yeah, yeah I, th I think that makes sense. I like the weekend Wednesday thing because I, I do think the two days back to back, especially if you're self-employed, is just very weirdly not optimal. Mm -hmm. If you're in the situation that you're in, which is basically you never take weekends, anything is significantly more optimal than that. And yeah, just going with a regular schedule is not a bad place to start. And it's not that like... On Saturdays and Sundays, I'm recording four podcasts each. You know, that's not how I am now. It's not how I've been. But it's my mindset mm -hmm. that needs to change. Of like, I might not work on a Saturday, but that's not how I approach that day. Yes, yeah. 
like I wasn't thinking I'm not going to work today. And then I also have a guilt. I want to get rid of the guilt. That's part of this, right? Like allowing myself to do this is removing the guilt. And, And like the year of structure helped me remove some of that guilt where I would just sit and play a video game for an hour or two hours in the middle of my day, I allowed myself to not feel guilty about that because there was a reason I was doing it. Mm -hmm. That for me, taking that time in the middle of the day would help me be more effective because I was taking proper breaks, but also like understanding that my work time is weird where you you may do a nine to five, right? Well, I may do a 10 to eight, Mm -hmm. which is weird and longer, right? So I'll take two hours off in the middle. Mm-hmm. Be a bit more normal about what a work amount of working hours would be like, but they would be split in the middle by a nice break of my arm. I'm being realistic that even on my weekend days, like I know me, like I'm going to check my phone. I'll respond to some messages here and there. But like, because at its core for me, this is no fixed appointments on my calendar, no regular project work. So like, you know, a weekend day, I'm not going to be having a call with someone about something. I'm not going to be editing. I'm not going to be preparing for a show, like my typical work stuff. But I'm not always going to be like, all right, it's Thursday. It's a weekend day for me today. I'm putting my phone in a drawer. Hmm. Because I know myself and I know that like even when I'm on vacation, I'll answer the occasional message, but I can relax. I can be completely relaxed and see a message in Slack and just like respond to it and just like let it go. I can do that. That is the skill that I have. I'm able to do it. It's more that like I need that mindset more when I'm at home. Like when I'm on vacation, that mindset's easy for me of like I've chosen to relax here. Oh, someone needs something. Here's that thing. You just carry on with your day, right? So I'm just about bringing some of that more into every week of being able to be like, all right, I'm choosing to be off today. If you need me, you can get me, but like, I'm not going to be guilty that I'm not doing prep for upgrade today or whatever mm. it is, right? That's kind of like the biggest part of it. I think that's a good case of knowing yourself. Like, it, it's been interesting knowing you over the years because I was originally quite doubtful of your ability to like get messages and you know, just respond to them and not have it impact you. But I think this was totally a case of me overestimating how much like me you are in this regard. Whereas like for me, that's just terrible and like ruins a day off and like really derails me. Mm-hmm. But I've observed you long enough to see that like, no, you totally can do that. Like you can flip a message and it just doesn't affect your day in the mm-hmm. slightest. And I think that's great to not go super hard on the weekend in terms of like a fantasy pure version of no work is going to happen. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, no, you know you. This is fine. You can answer messages. It's no big deal. And if you're just not doing major project work, that's already a huge step in the right direction. It doesn't need to be like a pure day to be a success. Because there are messages that I can get that can derail my day. But they tend to be big enough that I should know about them. (laughs) (laughs) Something can happen and it can ruin what would otherwise be a day off. But that's typically something that I should know about if that's the case. Yeah, you're in the position where you can have like emergencies in a way that my work just doesn't have. And Mm -hmm. so, so, yes, (laughs) you can be derailed, but there's almost no scenario in which you wouldn't want to be derailed by whatever. If something bad enough is happening, I kind of would like to know because maybe I can help, you know? Yeah. But like with this of like no fixed appointments, no large projects, 
there might be choices that I make to work on something, but there are a couple of criteria for this. Okay. It should not be at the expense of doing something else, and it should be novel. Hmm. So, for me, there is something that fits perfectly in this category, which is product design for Cortex brand. Hmm. Okay. Which is a thing that I always want to spend more time on. And this is like, if I have like an idea that's bubbling away and I've got a day off, if I'm like, ah, there's nothing I want to play, there's no one watching, Dina's busy with something, that is the kind of work that I'm going to do if I'm going to do anything. Which is like, I'm going to get out my iPad and I'm going to draw out the layout for a new notebook design or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do some research into a thing. Because at the moment, that kind of work still feels like novel, exciting, fun work for me because it's new work and it's a skill that I'm trying to build and I enjoy that. So like that's the kind of stuff, if I'm going to do anything, would be my ideal kind of stuff to do. But that's not what the main outcome of these days are. That's still for me to talk about in a minute. Okay. It's like the likelihood of me getting to that is slim based on all the other stuff I want to do. But like that's the idea that like if work is ever going to be done on these days, that's the ideal kind of work that's done. But I don't know how realistic it's going to be for me to get to that work with all the other things I want to do. Oh, okay. So you have a bunch of plans then for the yes. weekend. Okay. Okay. I was like, yeah, I had I had a couple of questions, but no. So tell me what your plans are first. All right. So this is handyman Mike. Oh, this is where handyman Mike comes in, right? With a hammer in his jeans. Exactly, the gene hammer guy. I want to be able to commit more time to my family life to my home life and to my social life that's what all of this is for i've been in a new home for like three weeks and there's a lot to do Mm -hmm. and i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying turning my attention to home projects i've been replacing some door handles Ooh, you know like these are things I didn't know how to replace a door handle. I've never tried. Why would I? You know what? I never tried to do that before. It's a very simple thing, and I did it. And I'm like, great. I know how to do that now. And like, there are little things like that that I'm turning my hand to that I'm finding enjoyment in. Obviously, setting up smart home devices is a thing that I'm enjoying and doing. But I knew that I was going to enjoy and do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also enjoying to do other things. Building furniture, I knew how to do that, and I enjoy it as much as the next guy. Like it's a fun thing to do; it has a value. But there are little projects in the home right now that I'm doing that are completely new to me, things I'd never tried to do before, and I'm enjoying learning how to maintain a home. We have a garden, oh, and dealing with everything that it comes. I had to buy a broom. (laughs) because <laughs> there's leaves it's like how do i get rid of the leaves i guess i get a broom do you mean a rake mike is that what you mean nope a broom like an outdoors broom you mean a rake that's no. what a, that's what a rake is no no a rake no. is Rakes a broom for the outdoors this is wood and it has like very coarse wire brush okay Right and see, it, look, look. I'm not as hand. I'm not as handy as you, so I don't know what these tools are. Right, but the front garden is concrete. I can't use a rake on that. Hmm. Okay. If I rake the concrete, I ruin the concrete and everyone's enjoyment in the neighborhood. Right. Okay. Right. So it's like sweeping. I need to sweep. Rake for the back garden because there's grass there. Okay. But the front is paved. Right. It's like concrete, so you can't use a rake on that. <laughs> so. I'm using a broom and it's like, this is the thing that like, I guess this is what you do. And I did it and like, great, that's how you do that. So lots of little things. Like this. I lived in an apartment, 
you know, for years. And before that, it was in a family home and I wasn't responsible for these things. And Mm. I'm now responsible for these things. And owning a home is very different to owning an apartment, I'm realizing. And there's a lot more stuff that you need to do or stuff that you don't need to do but you want to do you're king of your castle now i sure am and you have a whole domain under your responsibility and i am enjoying it greatly and i want to be proud of my home because this is what i wanted and this i've gotten what i wanted and now i want to take care of it and treat it well and then it will treat us well and so that's a big thing that i want to turn my attention to this is one of the very key parts but the other things that i want is I have done a very bad job in my life of spending time with my friends. This has been a thing that I've been very bad at over the last 10 years. I do not make enough effort and I want to make more effort. One of the excuses that I give is that I am so busy. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) I'm making more time. So in that time... I should be able to go see friends, have lunches, have dinners, whatever it is, I should be able to make that time more easily. I don't have a lot of friends in London, but some of the people I hold dearest to me live in London, you being one of them. We see each other so infrequently. Yeah, we're both awful at this. We're both terrible at it. But if one of us (laughs) is going to try harder, then maybe it will be easier. Right. Because we so frequently say we should get lunch and then we don't do it. Yeah. Until we're out of the country yeah. and meet each other in California somewhere. It's always a terrible sign. Yeah. <laughs> but like if I am going to make more time, it's more likely I'm going to find a time when you are also available, right? Yeah. If that's a change that I'm making in my life. We can both do weekends on weird days because I already do weekends on Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. And again, it's like, if that's the case, I can plan around that more effectively, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. tell me I'm going to be available on this Thursday in three weeks from now, great. I can now structure my week to make sure that's one of my weekend days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I'm in a part of London that I've wanted to be in for a while, and it's more what I wanted. And I want to experience that area more and put more roots in there. Similarly, like, you said a phrase on our last episode, which I haven't been able to get out of my head. Mm? Outside with wife time. Oh, right. You like that. I'm like, I want to do that. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to time track it. Yeah. But I want to do it. And it's like, it was such a simple phrase of like, yes, me and Adina spend time at home, but we can also spend time outside of home. Yes. And it's fundamentally different. Yes. And it's great. Look, I'm sure all couples will understand this. The types of conversations that you will have at a restaurant dinner table are very different to what you will have at home. Mm -hmm. Because when you're at home, you can watch TV. Yep. I want to do more of that as well in my life. And I think that that will be a great thing that I can do if my weekends are free. The number of pivotal relationship conversations that have happened inside the house versus outside the house, it's a shocking ratio, Mm -hmm. right? Like It's just... You have a different kind of conversation when you're on a long car drive together or you're out in a park together or something. It is, it's totally just different. And yep. yeah, it's it's good for a relationship. So obviously part of this is I need to be smarter about my scheduling. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been thinking about is there's some stuff that 
I can probably do while I'm at home. Like if I have like one thing to do in a day, uh, maybe I can just take care of it at home and then get on with the rest of the things I might want to do at home. So like some stuff might be like half days, which are kind of weekend days. Mm -hmm. But the bigger part of that is not coming to the studio for a whole day for one thing, Mm. which I've been doing for a while. Like I have a one, say I've got a podcast recording in the evening well, then coming to the studio at 9 or 10 and being here all the way until 8 when, like, I don't need to do that. Oof, yeah. Right? So what I'm now going to try and do is combine some of that stuff more so I'm more likely to be, if I'm here, like, working on stuff for the whole time and then the next day be at home all day because I've combined these days together a little more. So that's, like, a, a thing about being smarter. Like, if someone wants to have a call with me, well, I'm only going to allow that call to occur on a day where I already have something else so I'm not breaking up the week in weird ways. Mm. So I'm going to see how that goes. I, that was something that I was trying more in the year structure in 2022 and that's definitely is something that's helped and I've been getting better at that. But now there is more of a result of it where like previously mm. it was just like, oh, this will make my schedule be more sensible. But now it's like so I can spend more time at home more easily because I'm compacting my days a little bit better. But, you know, talking about structure, there are obvious continued elements of my year of structure here, right? So yeah, yeah. time for myself, reducing commitments, reducing mental load and booked an intentional vacation time that the vacation time is going to stay, obviously, as I mentioned. So like they're coming through. And the other thing that's coming along with this is like over time that I'm hoping that the year of the weekend will help to change my feeling of needing to be constantly connected to my work. Mm. That like, if I try to take more time away, I can also more quickly identify the things that people need most urgently and most frequently from me. So like if I'm trying to be away, but people need me for things, I can try and realize what they are and or realize that people don't need me as much as I think they do. Mm. That if I'm not here as much and people are good with it, then great for everyone, right? <laughs> or like if I'm trying to take a day off and someone needs something from me, like what is that thing? Does that thing come up frequently? Is there something that can be done about that or is someone else better placed for that? So that these are the things I'm trying to realize and part of this is I need to learn to be able to let things go more, let things wait more. I have, do have a habit of trying to quickly jump to fix things at the expense of my own time. That could probably wait a day. Mm. I feel like I respond to emails way faster than I get responses. <laughs> they did not put this at the same level of priority that I did. Right. I think I need to find a medium there of like, this could probably wait till tomorrow. I need to try and get to, into that a little bit more, I think. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to see from this to be a lasting effect as well of trying to work out the things that maybe can be shifted around. Then that goes into what I was talking about earlier of like if there's things that I realize that I need to be able to provide people more frequently, maybe is there somebody else that could do that for me? Mm-hmm. And we'll see. So that's the year of the weekend. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, I have my daily questions too, right? So in, in the back of the theme system journal, there's a, a section where you can write a bunch of prompts down and mark off each day if you've succeeded in them. 
I'm adding home to these. What do you mean by adding home to these? Like just a home section? My, I've added a new daily question, which is just the word home. Which oh, for me okay. is like, I will interpret in a bunch of ways. The daily questions I ask myself, they're all singular words. Then I like to interpret it however I like mm-hmm. and decide if I made effort in that. So now they are create, advance. Advance just means did you push something forward today? Revenue, teamwork, marriage, friends, health, free time, structure, and now home is added. Hmm. So I look at each of these every day and think, did I make some movement in each of these categories? Because it tends to be, if I have a 10 out of 10 day, I feel like I have succeeded in a day which will undoubtedly help me push my theme forward too. Mm -hmm. Because also I feel like even if I've had a bad day, and this is like a very typical thing for me, I have a day I'm not feeling good, but if I can score over six or seven out of 10 that day, I'm like, well, I didn't enjoy today, but at least it was a day where I was productive in areas that matter to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that helps me as like a secondary thing in my journal every day. Yeah, I find this one just charmingly straightforward. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I also do think that it is, especially for someone self-employed, not easy. Straightforward doesn't mean easy. And I think everyone who's self-employed really feels that pressure to just kind of dissolve away your weekends and it's really bad to do long term and i think this is a really nice follow-on for you from the year of structure it seems like a really specific and actionable way to progress that one forward and also having just bought a new home i think this is perfect yeah i really need some time <laughs> to do things and so like this is 100 percent what's pushed this forward yeah. but there are these other things that, that i do really care about like having more social time spending more time with my family like these are really important to me and my current working life is not allowing that so I'm making some changes and I'm going to continue to make changes to make sure that I can give people around me what they need. I can give myself what I need and I can also produce the work that I want to make. So what does 2023 look like for you? I'm excited, man. You know, I never know what I'm going to get with you word-wise. Like there were brackets in last year's. (laughs) What could we have this time? Year of work. Huh. That's it. I mean, there are some brackets. I can't resist a couple of brackets. Wait, get, let me let this sink. I want to let, let this sink in a second before you give me the brackets. Hey, brackets will come up later. It's year of work. I can't believe how close we are, but in the opposite. I could almost call it year of work days because to get it up front, like obviously I'm going to be focused on work, but it's also part of that is really important to respect the weekends. And so we literally (laughs) have inverse ones this year that are basically the same thing. Wow. That's fascinating. Originally, my idea was that New Decades Dawn was going to be a two-year project. And I was just kind of going through the year, just like, oh, man, like I've done my homework in advance. I already know that it's going to be a two-year project. But yeah, since September, since thinking about things, there's another way in which I actually feel like I accomplished a bunch of the things that I thought were going to take two years in the one year of New Decades Dawn in terms of thinking about how do I work, coming up with some changes for the schedule, the way I select and prioritize and publish videos that I kind of feel like, oh, New Decades Dawn 
lives on in year of work, but it didn't make sense to actually just keep that as, oh, I'm running with this for two years. There's like a different focus here. But the obvious part of this is just after a year where I didn't get much work done, it's a real clear target of, okay, next year just has to be a year where I prioritize having my head down and getting a bunch of work done on actual videos. Mm. Towards that end, I've already said no to and canceled a bunch of travel plans that were originally going to be next year. I have two unmovable things that I'm still keeping, but I've really been having this filter of opportunities that have come up of just being like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. I think that's a really good, simple one for you because you are in incredibly impacted by tra- like when you travel like it impacts you greatly right mm-hmm. and, and i think that that makes a lot of sense for you to reduce your travel as a way to increase your work output for sure it's like one of the biggest min max decisions i can make every canceled conference is like inversely related to additional videos yeah. for sure so like there are still a couple of things that I've said yes to, but it has been a much stronger filtering focus of I need an incredibly good reason to say yes, as opposed to a default stance of like, this could be interesting, so let me go. But no, no, it's year of work, kind of just a head down year, focus on making the videos. It's a way to sort of, I don't want to say make up for last year, but this runs in with the thumbnails of like, okay, the work that was done on the channel last year, that was great, but it's also time limited. It can't continue on with this year. So there just have to be more videos. It would be almost impossible not to have more videos. So I'm just going to kind of focus on that and frame a lot of decisions in terms of this. Mm. For listeners, it's really important for me to be clear here, though, that having had all of the experience of being self-employed over these large number of years, this doesn't mean that this is like a crunch year. I feel like I've developed enough as a person that I can understand the importance of weekends and that the dedicated not working time is just as important as the working time. Like they they both help each other. So the idea is not like, oh man, I'm going to be putting in like 16 hour days every day and just like working myself ragged. It's like, that's not the idea. It's frame everything in terms of useful work, which includes things like respecting the weekend. So that's mm-hmm. that's an intrinsic part of this. So one of the big things that I kind of was thinking about all last year in terms of New Decades Dawn is what I mentioned to you at the beginning of kind of taking a page from your book and noticing how you feel at different times and taking stock of what makes me feel the worst about work and how can I change that. And so one of the things in past years that was related to a theme that has been a huge improvement in my life is I stopped publishing videos on days where I was also exporting them from Final Cut. This was just one of these little decisions where I realized like, oh, this is causing a huge amount of stress where it's like, oh, I'm trying to finish a video on the same day that I want to publish it. And I realized, hey, you know how you can get rid of a huge amount of stress in your life? Just have a rule that the day that you export the video is not the same day that it publishes. Mm. Those just can't be the same day. And 
with extremely rare exception, I've stuck to that and it's been a huge quality of life improvement. And so I had that in the back of my mind, particularly as the year has gone on and I've been increasingly stressed that I don't have something for December to publish. So for the listeners, the background here is that in terms of the ad rates, I can just say it's roughly true that publishing a video in December is worth about twice as much as January. If you just think about that for a second, it's like, okay, hey, if you don't upload tons of videos, if you only upload a small number of videos, it's crazy not to have one of the videos be in December if you're not uploading all the time. I've always known that, and it's always been a real stress point. Just like with this year, it's been also a stress point because this is the big time of the year for Cortex. And as Cortex brand has become more important, this has also put more pressure on the end of the year. And so it's like, oh God, I've got this mounting pressure. And so I've made a decision that one of the things that I want to do for work next year is what I'm calling a Christmas present to myself. (laughs) The Christmas present is... The first video that I finish next year, I am going to save for Christmas. Wow. I am going to have, for the first time in my whole life, a video that's done and I'm going to sit on it. And I'm going to have that for Christmas. And that will remove what has been one of the most big and miserable stress points in my life for years, is trying to have something for the end of the year. There's a bunch of reasons why I kind of couldn't do this in the past. I think that's partly to do with a bunch of changes in the way that YouTube used to work versus now, which is, again, kind of thinking seriously about how things actually are. I also think it's different in the way that I now do a lot of my videos and select topics. I feel like this wasn't possible in the past, but I think I can actually do it now. And... This year, I actually kind of did two extremely small tests. So with the channel much faster approaching 900 million views than I had anticipated, months ago now, I actually made a quick little video where it's just a minute long, but it's still like just prove to yourself a proof of concept that you can do something and build up from there. I wrote and recorded a little video where I'm just saying, Hey, the channel passed 900 million views. I'm going to take questions for a Q&A for a billion views. I recorded it. I got the final audio. I sent it off for animation. We put the music in. It's all set and it's sitting on my channel just waiting for the day that I actually cross 900 million views. And that's the first time I've ever had anything done in advance just (laughs) waiting for the time that a thing will happen. This is where I talk about like the smallest possible thing is still a big deal. This is literally the smallest possible thing that could ever happen. But like, I cannot tell you the psychological feeling that has created in me of like, oh, wow, it's possible. I can do this. (laughs) Why didn't nobody tell me about this? (laughs) Laddering on from that in the theme of Gray sometimes uploads weird stuff to his channel that doesn't fit in with anything else. I last year kind of filmed in a sort of, I'll just call it unboxing video. I think it'll make more sense when people see it. But when I was at my parents as part of the like whole Tesla thing, I happened to film like opening up this box full of mystery stuff that I had. 
I filmed that and I'd been thinking for a long time about turning that into a little video. And I always thought, oh, if that's going to go up, I think it makes sense for it to go up as like a little thing at Christmas time, right before whatever the main video is going to be. And this is the same thing. Instead of waiting until I was closer to the time after I made that little like ask Gray a question thing, I thought, oh, OK, cool. Let me edit and finish and film and export and upload and have ready in advance this extra video, which is now like this little step up from the totally minor thing. And it's like, it's set. It's ready to go. And it feels fantastic of like, okay, great. I have a thing that will just go up the day before the main video goes up and it's all done. So I've kind of proven to myself this year in what I know as I describe them sound like comically small ways, but like I proved to myself, oh, this is possible. Mm -hmm. You can make a video and have it ready and you can sit on it and you're not going to be like weird and nervous about it. Sure, these two are like funny exceptions, but I think I can do it for an actual main video. I think that this is very valuable because when you initially said that you would hold the first video, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Like that seems like a big jump because mm -hmm. it's a long time to just sit on something. And I know that you don't typically do things that are like topical, but still it's like, mm -hmm. who knows what might happen, right? Like Exactly. So it, you've got to be able to, I think, come to that realization first that it is possible for you to do it even if it's just something so small yeah i know how stupid it sounds with these trivial examples but it is a big deal for me mm. because i've just never worked this way before and these little projects were just intentional and so when i say like year of work it also encompassed this concept of i think i know a way to reduce a huge amount of stress in my work that also always makes me just less effective. I've always been a kind of person that as deadlines loom, they don't encourage me to get stuff done. I always just feel worse and I become increasingly less effective as a deadline looms. And so this is kind of a way to sort of get around that problem a little bit of like, what's the biggest deadline? Okay, great. Whatever my first video is, it's just going to be for that. And if I'm done with it in February, that's the deal. Like, it's going to go up in December. But the critical thing here is that, so think about this. As the work year goes on, I have a video. It's ready for December. And then when I have the next video that's ready, in this moment, I will have an interesting choice because mm -hmm. there will be two videos that are done. And then in that moment, I can decide if I'm going to, say, swap them. Oh, the video I just did. Maybe that one makes more sense for December. So I will take the other completed one and publish it now and have the other one saved for December. And this this is like opened my mind to thinking about, of course, my metaphor for everything in life. Magic, Magic the, the Gathering. gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Where in Magic the Gathering, when it is your turn, as you become a better player, there's a thing that is really important, which they call sequencing, which is, oh, you're going to play three cards on your turn. And new players don't really think about the order that they're going to play those cards because it seems like it doesn't matter. But as you become a more advanced player, you understand, oh, sequencing, doing this one before that one actually makes a huge difference in ways that are not immediately obvious. 
And so it's kind of exciting to me. I'm like, oh my God, if I do this, I'll be able to sequence the videos to make a decision about would I rather have this one at Christmas or would I rather have that one at Christmas? This is one of the big ideas of how am I going to work next year? It's more than just this in ways that I don't entirely want to talk about right now. But this is the beginning of the idea of what is going to happen in the year of work that is a direct result of thinking about a lot of the problems that I've had over the past many years and thinking about how do I want to continue working forward in the future to make it easier and more effective for myself. I think this is kind of a motivating goal because it's about a really positive upside have a thing ready for the most effective time of the year and also reduce the most miserable making stress that you have. Yep. Having gone through the data, like I have actual trend lines to show that this time for realsies, the long COVID seems to be drying up. And so I can reasonably expect that I can have a 80% of normal working schedule starting next year. The concrete focus is on just having that normal working schedule again. There's clear work days. There's clear weekends. It doesn't all meld into a giant mush of being ineffective at all days like the last year has been. Recrystallize those borders. Focus on the videos. You have a system for sequencing. And this also connects to, if listeners remember from last year, I talked about like, I have this idea of seasonality for a YouTube channel. And as a general statement going along with like how ad rates work on YouTube, it should be that I upload more videos in the second half of the year than in the first half of the year. Mm -hmm. And any year where that's not true is just sort of a failure. Like that's mm -hmm. not how it should work. So that's kind of what I'm aiming for is chill out about panicking for putting up a video immediately. I just think like building up a little bit of a buffer, even if it's just like a one or two video mm -hmm. buffer, makes a huge deal in the ability to not constantly panic. Mm. And also for just like improving my own personal life. Like I think like last year I took a trip with my family and we went to Norway, but I didn't get the airlines video finished before this trip, which is what I was really trying to do. And so then it kind of like impacted a little bit in the back of my mind, like how much I could actually relax and take that time off. Mm -hmm. And this is also like a thing to fix because that makes the vacation less effective, which means when I get back to work, it's less effective. So having some buffer is the thing that I want to do as part of like the actionable. What makes this year of work different from other years? And I think that it is a thing that is achievable. But yeah, it does mean that like the upload schedule might be a bit weird. And it is going to be the strangest thing ever for me to have a video that will be done. But like, I'm going to hold that one until December. That's going to be very strange. But I'm kind of talking about it here as a way to commit myself to actually doing that, mm -hmm. to not being able to back out of it, to be mm -hmm. like, oh, 
have some excuse in the moment for why this time I really have to not do that. It's like, no, 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 you're actually going to do this. There'll be a fun canary in the coal mine for Cortexans. When they see you publish a video in 2023, they know the Christmas one's set. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's totally true. When the video goes up, it'll be like, okay, there's actually two. There's something just like sitting on the channel that's waiting. Yeah, they know a secret. Yeah, they know a secret. So just to quickly go over the two brackets that go along with this. Oh, I forgot about the brackets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, there's got to be brackets, right? Obviously. There's year of work, but also, not to bring up the topic again, but part of this has been motivated by the AI art discussions. Mm. So the first set of brackets is work while you still can. <laughs> So there's like a carrot and a stick here, which the, the carrot is, oh, I think I've, I've figured out how to make this like way less stressful for myself. And I'm like pre-committing to a strategy that will have that be true. But the stick is listening back to last year's episode where I was like estimating timelines for careers and entertainment. They seem like comically optimistic to me now. So this is one of these things where... It's hard to know how to think about the future. It's sometimes hard to know how to place bets on things that really matter. And a question like, how viable is a career in entertainment in the face of increasing AI art systems is like a real high variance, high uncertainty question. And it's hard to know, where is that going to go? But in the face of that high uncertainty... It extra makes sense that focusing on a year of work, there's absolutely no downside to that right now. And there's only upside. So if my career is ultimately going to be cut much shorter, much sooner than I expected by auto-generated videos on TikTok, guess what? Like it's really time to get your butt in gear immediately mm -hmm. if that's true. And... I take that idea pretty seriously, but I'm also open to the idea that I could be totally wrong about that. That, you know, maybe uh, as we discussed in previous episodes, there's an S-curve coming that we don't see. And this year seems like it might be the critical year in which we see if that's true. Like, does, does this keep exponentially improving or does it peter out into an S-curve? Either way, it feels like the optimal thing to do is really focus on a year of work. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know the outcome, this is a good decision either way. That's why there's part of this bracket, which is like work while you still can, right? Before the robots come for your job. And then the other bracket for that is work on your health. And so one thing I have definitely learned over the last year in particular, but really the last many years, is that being physically fit is part of working in a way that I just never really thought about before. And especially having in quite a depressing manner in the COVID years, gone from my most physically fit to my least physically fit in the space of about a year is like, that really highlights the distinction in how much this can affect you. And so there is a kind of sub year of health that goes along with this. Mm. I am kind of rolling that into work. And the reason I roll that into work is because it also goes along with just 
figuring out how can I do this in a less stressful way. When I am stressed about video productions, that is the easiest time for me to blow off all kinds of health stuff because I kind of tell myself, oh, it matters way more to get this video finished than it does to exercise or eat properly today because I just need to get this thing done. But if I have a buffer video, I kind of don't have that excuse of like, oh, the like the most critical thing is mm. still uncertain. So I just have to push through this time. So work on your health is part of year of work because those two things are just really connected to me. Decreasing the stress takes away a lot of excuses to be super bad about health. I'm also just in a terrible health position now, and I need to claw back a lot of what happened over the past year. And things like my RSI returning is one of those real indicators of like, hey, buddy, this is a bad situation. You haven't been able to properly focus on that, but this needs to take like top priority. And so... Really, I think a way to kind of summarize how I'm looking at next year is in that four light bulbs area of how do you spend time and focus on things, that it's a year of burning the work and health light bulbs quite brightly. That's what things are going to be. In summary, it's like year of work while you can and on your health. <laughs> That's, that really takes a, a ride, that theme name there. If you've gotten this far in the episode, it is safe to say that you are interested in yearly themes. And we really recommend that you think about a theme for yourself. Mm -hmm. Take everything that we've suggested and try and come up with something that you want to achieve over the next year, somewhere that you want to see yourself in 365 days from now. We believe that a perfect accompaniment to a yearly theme is the theme system journal. It's why we created it, to help us keep track of our themes and mm -hmm. to help us keep track of our personal and professional lives while we're trying to keep on course for the year. With the Theme System Journal, you can spend time each day reflecting on your yearly theme. The journaling pages are very flexible. They're very customizable. We believe in a light structure for the journal. So we don't give you daily prompts. We want you to think about what you want to know from your day. For example, there are four boxes on each journaling page. I write something good, something bad. What am I thinking about? What am I looking forward to? These help me kind of think about and talk about what's going on in my life. You know, when I was saying about when I come up with my theme, when I'm thinking about my theme, when I sit and write down in my journal every day what I'm thinking about, they tend to be really good, and also obviously what's in the bad section, they tend to be really good reminders of the types of things I want to change going into my next theme time, right? So that's where a lot of that thinking starts before it makes it into my Apple Notes system. But the great thing about the structure of the journal is you're able to change it up because it's up to you what you want to put on those pages every day. But we give you just enough, I think, to help get you started and then for you to go and move forward and make it fit with your own ways of working. We mentioned the daily themes, you know, these questions that we ask ourselves every day to make sure that we're kind of keeping on track of where we want to be. There's a whole section at the back of the journal for that too. Years of work went into making the Theme System Journal a very high quality yes. product. It's made of great materials. The construction is fantastic. It has our well-loved perforated corners so you can mark off every day and easily find your place. And it has been enjoyed, the Theme System Journal, by thousands of Cortexans around the world. We are approaching 35,000 of these sold, most in the last two years. It's mind-blowing how many people have tried this. It really is. 
it's a fantastic thing I'm very proud of. And we hear from people all the time who really love their theme system journals. And if you want to see more about how the journal can be used, Gray made a wonderful video showing how his system works and showing off the journal itself. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But we really recommend that you go and buy a theme system journal for yourself today. You can go to cortexmerch.com. You can buy one. You can also subscribe and you'll get one sent to you every quarter. You get $5 off each journal if you do that. And you get some exclusive stickers with every shipment. But we recommend just going to buy one and trying it out. If you journal every day, it will last you for 90 days. But I don't journal every day. I journal every working day. And so it lasts me a little bit longer. You mm-hmm. could journal whenever you want and it would last you even longer or even less. You know, maybe you journal four times a day and it's not going to last you 90 days. Yeah. But there's enough for 90 entries. I was very inconsistent with my journal this year and mm-hmm. it lasted me the whole year. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. So go to cortexmerch.com. And you can get yourself a theme system journal today. And we really appreciate it if you check it out. Cortexmerch.com.